0: Welcome to the OYMB Podcast, my name is Ruri Fairbairns. Today I am joined by one of our wonderful members, Joe. Um, Joe has been a very successful entrepreneur, incredibly driven, and the wonderful thing about Joe is she um, um, puts down a lot of that focus, energy, drive, passion, etc. Um, to helping get alcohol free, which of course OYMB was a part of that journey. It's a really inspiring story, Joe is great fun, you're going to enjoy this podcast, so Welcome to the show, Joe. Today, I am joined by Joe. Joe is a mum, an accomplished executive, a 20-year software veteran uh, with a background that spans expertise in emerging companies, Fortune 500, media, technology, enterprises, globally. Joe led a very successful exit of a company she co-founded 10 years ago, is a former Ironman triathlete and heart surgery survivor, Whoa, where do we start with all of that, Joe?
1: I don't actually know, you know, but it's lovely to be here. Um, thank you so much for having me. Um, it's been one hell of a journey. Yeah. Um one hell of a journey. And one hell of a journey. And my um my I Am Sober app. Uh kicked up just an hour ago um this morning saying um you know well done you've been sober for four years four months and three days which is 1584 days and i woohoo and i have uh i have you to thank and uh and and obviously you know it doesn't it takes a village and actually in the case of one year no beer it takes a community yeah and it it takes a, a platform and a bunch of special human beings yeah. um coming together to share their stories. And uh, you know, this was never the plan. This was never ever the plan, Rory. It was, I was gonna do dry January. It's knock up on me. I was gonna do dry January and call it a day, you know, like let's see if we can get through 28 days. Um and that's originally what I signed up for. But yeah, the, the journey to get here has been an incredible one. And it's not until you get asked the question by somebody like you that you're like, where do we start with that? So, um, you know, it, it's been a crazy ride. and um, And I'm very happy to be where I am today. So much gratitude for you and the team. So thank you.
0: Amazing. Well, thank you so much. Um thank you for coming on the podcast to share your story and what an incredible story it is. So and and a, and a journey and all power to you. You know, we just give the tools and it's yeah. up to you. It's up to you to to utilize them, right? So well done right. to you. Um so why don't you give us a bit of I mean, we we've touched on a lot of things there, but why don't you give us a bit of background into Joe and um, you know, this is the point of, to put into colour a bit of that early growing up stuff. So Yeah. Yeah give us a bit of background
1: um yeah sure I would love to um so I grew up in the UK I'm actually I'm actually coming to you live from um from the states where I've lived for 17 years now but I I grew up in the UK and I
0: (laughs) it was a joke it was a joke you said you were living in the states I'm like I'm sorry
1: I didn't even say I'm living in the state of New Jersey which would have been totally justified for your I'm sorry um But I am leaving to go into the city later today and, you know, New York mm, post-COVID, there's there's work to be done there. But I've been here for 17 years. It's been good to me. Um, I have, you know, dual citizenship. So I have a U.S. passport and I still have my U.K. passport. And my daughter was born here. Um, she, She turns 14 this year. So, you know, definitely built a good life here full of opportunity. But I grew up in the U.K., and honestly, you know the drinking age here is twenty-one, mm. and you know the drinking age in the UK is actually twelve now. Exactly. Well, it's, it's le-
0: legally it's eighteen, but but if you're not you know, drinking by twelve, then who the fuck are you? Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like, what are you doing? So we, yeah. you know, grew up in the UK, Gen X. So work hard, play hard. Um, you know, anything you can do, I can do better. Um, and going to school in the nineties meant that you were really at the forefront of wanting to do it all, right? You you wanted to work like the men or the lads and play like the lads and party like the lads. In fact, there was at one point, and I don't know if you remember this, but there was a term called ladette. Yes. Um, you, you... you know, Sarah Cox. Yes, yeah. yeah, Sarah Cox and Zoe Ball, right? That's it. And and we started drinking pints. Pints, um, lovely. And even though, yeah, and even though I think it was more subconscious back then, it formed the foundation for what we call confidence. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, which is which is actually bonkers. So you think drinking gives you confidence to open up? It gives you confidence to be funny, or it gives you confidence to be sexy, or to be in the in crowd. And. Yeah. You know, staying to the end of the party meant you never missed out, right?
2: Yeah.
1: And, and it's like, mm. like wrong. Um, but that was kind of how we all grew up. Totally. You know, we we just grew up like that, and we were going to the office, and we were buying, you know, Magnus cider and Ten Embassy Number One, and having a jolly old time sitting in the park with our mates. Yeah. So that was kind of what felt normal, and I think you know, without really realizing what happens as you get older, you normalize that behavior and you don't actually realize that so much of what you're doing is using an inflammatory drug to kind of numb what your real feelings are. And I got caught up in the, um, too, being too focused on the destination, right? And and what I mean when I say that, Ruri, is, you know, when I get this promotion, I'll feel like I've won. Like, when I get this salary increase, I'll feel like I've won. When I get this boyfriend, I'll have won. When I am successful in a male-dominated industry, like, I'll feel like I've won. And actually, you know, that's not true. Um, it's about being present in the here and now, and being the best version of yourself every single day. And I think one of the things that's not taught enough, you know, in the same way that we did with cigarettes, like there's not that same thing that says, you know, alcohol's bad for you. Yeah. What we've managed to do, well, yeah, no, what, what we've managed to do is say, oh, somebody gets married, like we all drink, somebody, there's a funeral, somebody dies, like we all drink, like there's all those things and you're, you are It's kind of crazy that um, we've just used it in such a socially acceptable way everywhere. Like you're stressed, your kids make you busy, you get home from work, you're tired, you pour a glass of wine. Like it's become so normal. And actually, you know, alcohol is a depressant and it causes inflammation of the liver and the internal organs, but also of the brain. And it doesn't just do it the day of and the day after, you know, it stays in your system for a long time. So I had to really do the work. And I think one point that's really important to make is for for anybody listening, you don't have to be an alcoholic. Like I'm not saying that, you know, I wasn't an alcoholic. I had an unhealthy relationship with alcohol. And I think that's true for many, many people. And it's about being able to get to a place where you say, I don't want to live my life like this. No, just one of of the things that I think is really important point to make is you don't have to be an alcoholic, right? I think people have this idea in their heads, Ruri, that you've got to be drinking vodka at eight in the morning um, to join something like One Year No Beer. Well, actually, it's not about that. It's about understanding um, that you don't necessarily feel, certainly for me, my whys were, you know, I don't necessarily feel good professionally or personally in my mind or about my body, about my relationships, about my performance when I'm drinking. And it just meant that I wanted to know what would it be like if I didn't have that? And when I tell you the amount of time that gets freed up by you no longer having an internal dialogue about... I'm wrestling. going to drink tonight yeah. and what am I going to drink? Am I going to have a glass of wine or am I going to have a, you know, a tequila and grapefruit? All of yeah. Them. Yeah. And just all of those things. And, you know, what I was finding was, you know, my sleep was getting disrupted um, and you make poor food choices the next day. You don't jump out of bed to go exercise. Like there's all these things that get impacted. And then, you know, the probably one of the big, um, Obviously, the big things for me was I, I did an Ironman the year I turned 40. So I did a full Ironman up in Lake Placid, um, which is a 2.4 mile swim, 112 mile bike and a full 26.2 marathon. And you have to do it in under 17 hours. So the year I turned 40, I set myself, you know, what may be considered like the ultimate goal. And I And again, I'd seen... I'd seen a bunch of guys do it. And I was like, yeah, you know, I can do an Ironman. So in a very short space of time, kind of trained from a sprint triathlon up to full Ironman distance and had a fabulous time, um, you know, 14 hours, 20 minutes-ish, real sense of achievement. Um, Thank you. But then realizing that I didn't feel good afterwards. And that then resulted in... um, two pretty serious ablation surgeries on my heart in 2015 um and then in 2017 where i'd continued to live a life of you know now i've had this surgery i'm okay again right and convincing myself that i can still eat and drink and lift weights and you know go to all the conferences and build a business and fly i flew every single week for work so You know, all that kind of pressure on your body. And then I ended up in the ICU about to be resuscitated in 2017. And that was a real, yeah, that was an oh shit moment for me. And it was a realization that I was being selfish and that I had this fantastic, amazing daughter that was a badass and I is a badass and I really wanted to stay around for. And... That's when I cleaned up my diet, started seriously, like didn't drink for about uh, six to eight weeks, like really started to look into researching diet and how we can use functional medicine to like heal ourselves. Didn't want to be on a prescription drug for the rest of my life. So really wanted to get control of it. Started looking at meditation, actually did my 200-hour yoga teacher training. And again, all of these things started moving me in a direction of, um, I just want peace. Yeah. I want the noise in my head <laughs> to go away, right? Right? We can we can relate. Um and um so that's really, that was really the turning point for me. And then, um, then obviously, you know, I did the, I finally got divorced. Um, my me and my ex have a fantastic relationship today. We co-parent Molly and it's a relationship that I'm proud of like and again I'm showing up as the best version of myself and I'm able to do that because I no longer drink um yeah. so that that was the turning point and and I I did I I kind of went into my dry, dry January bloated tired miserable you know just at a point in my life where I was still traveling a lot and still working really hard and and I remember going to see my doctor in the States, who's who's hilariously funny and loves like taking the piss out of my British accent. And um and I said to him, you know, Pete, um, which was outrageous because everybody calls doctor like doctor <laughs> over here. Um, and and I was like, Pete, um, I've not had a drink for 28 days and I still feel like shit. I haven't lost any weight and I (laughs) I still feel terrible and he said to me uh babe uh it took you 45 years to get into this state and believe it or not it's not just gonna take 28 days
0: 28 days to 28 days
1: to like just reset everything in your life and and I was like oh but whether you know kind of us and us and the next generation like we're the we're the generation of instant gratification what do you mean it's not exactly itself immediately so so then the work began um and i think it's work right
0: before you before you go into into the work um i want to dial us back a bit and um reflect on some of the things you've just said um, you know, amazing, amazing journey, and um, you know, well done to you for 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 the journey so far. It's fantastic. Um, you know, what you really highlighted on is something we always say, right? Is that alcohol doesn't have to be a problem to be causing no. problems. Um, and for many, many people, you know, I never had a problem with alcohol. Everyone around me would say, I, "You don't have a problem with alcohol," and that was right. It kept me stuck. Same. It's like, you yes. don't have a problem. There's nothing wrong. Well, why are you even talking about this? You know, yes. I, you, you told the doctor your truth about the amount you're drinking. Why? What's the point? So there were all of these things, but I knew that it was causing these problems. Um, and I I could feel in the back of my mind, it was holding me back. It was causing problems in my relationships. I wasn't present with my kids. So, you know, tell me, give me, give me some more from your perspective about um the sort of things that were going on that made you want to change.
1: Um. <clears throat> I think it was just, as you say, that overarching feeling of I'm I'm short and I'm irritable and I'm tired and I'm not making good decisions. And 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 at that point, honestly, we were already thinking about selling the business, right? And just the pressure that comes from being an entrepreneur or working with, you know, my CEO and co-founder, like, you understand that pressure, right? And, you know, I was on a plane every week and, you know, we were always looking at the numbers. So we were already thinking about um, an exit and and I'd got divorced and I was like, okay, so I'm 50-50 parenting, which means on the 50% that I'm with my daughter, I want to be awesome. I don't want to be lying on the couch, nursing a hangover. And yeah. I have to tell you, Rory, my I could drink, you know, two glasses of wine after heart surgery and feel terrible the next day. Again, this wasn't like, oh, I'm going out on a bender. This was, you know, if I'm, if I'm out at dinner with some friends and I'm having a couple of glasses of red wine, my body would complain violently the next morning. Yeah. And I just, it was one of those moments where I just sat there and I was like,
2: why do you keep
1: doing this? Yeah. You know, it's the definition of insanity, right? You do the same thing over and over again, but you expect a different outcome. But it was really the culmination of those, like, you know, those events which were making me look inward. I did the yoga teacher training, which is nothing to do with learning poses. It's all about going inward and asking yourself and finding calm but also asking yourself if you're living your life with ease and i was not living my life with ease no right um and that plus getting divorced plus you know having to move house um getting ready to sell a company i was like you know what i need clarity and in order to get that, I have to try removing alcohol and see what it does for me. And, Amazing. And may the may the layers of the onion begin to peel. Exactly. And, exactly. I mean, you you yeah. you know, you get you get six months in, and you're like, oh my goodness, and then you get nine months in, and you're like, what? And then you get twelve months in, and you hit your yep. first year, and and still like. There are still things that I'm learning about myself today totally. that I, I truly believe are, you know, almost like forming new neuropathways that years of the same stories that we tell ourselves um, and actually when you remove alcohol and you sink the spirit and the mind and the body and the soul and the heart and you get that feeling of peace it's gold and all of those stories that you told yourself about alcohol giving you confidence yeah you know what true confidence comes when you can stand in your body and just know that you are enough in
0: your own power yeah you you Joe, super super strong and you know i know you're a proponent of the work and i want to touch on what the work is from your perspective because i know it'll line up very much with what we're doing we'll come on to that in a second um, or in a minute, but I'm just going to wheel back again to, um, you know, you being this in this LADEC culture. Okay, so um, obviously very driven from a young age. Um, yeah. And part of you wanted to fit in, so you had the fit in part. But you know, part of that has led to your success, right? So the 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 LADEC culture probably was in part fit with the executive thing and rising up and being in male-dominated industries and 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 fitting in and all that drive. So um I'm not putting words in your mouth but that that through that journey um you know do you think you would have do you think it would have been different if you hadn't been drinking throughout all of that how do you think it would have been drinking different and then what have you kind of unraveled or looking back what do you feel about that now from from those perspectives from an alcohol free perspective
1: um so no regrets Right, and that's totally. that's more because, like, that's that's how I live my life, which is, you know, I, I'm such a believer, Rory, in everything happens for a reason. Everything happens at the time it's supposed to. That being said, I wish somebody had taken me to one side in my late 20s, early 30s, and said, this is what a life could be like without alcohol. I wish I'd started sooner. Would
0: you have... I, Probably you would have told them to fuck off. I
1: would have said,
0: "You sad bastard! <laughs> Sorry, you're not drinking. Fuck off." You probably would have wasn't... said that in your it Ladette style. Thing. It wasn't in our vocabulary, <laughs> was it? Yeah. No. I mean, I was, was I what? berating, actively berating anyone who didn't drink. I mean, like, who the fuck is that weirdo? So well, I was and, the ringleader. And...
1: <laughs> and we're pushers, right? I call it Pushes, like pushers, exactly. right? I was head pusher. You're walking around and you're filling people's glasses up yeah. and all, and all the stuff. And, you know, I look back now to your point, would I have listened? Me, probably not. You know, what should have happened is after Iron Man at 40, where I'd reduce my drinking, that's yeah. when I should have like said, I'm not feeling very well. Let's just knock it on the head, son. But of course, you know, I'm a toss. I'm a... I'm a type A. Like, and I'm and I think the other thing is fair to say, like, certain industries promote it, right? So I went from fintech serving um, you know, Wall Street firms to then ad tech, which is, you know, let's go to Cannes, darling, and drink rose from nine in the morning till midnight. I mean, literally. So You you just caught up in this hamster wheel of, you know, this is the way society presents it, you know, and and it's and it's glamorous and it's not glamorous at all. And honestly, in in work, you know, there's still a lot of people that are like, you know, let's meet for a cocktail. I want to meet you at the bar later, you know, because they want to hang out and talk business. But they don't actually want to talk business. They want to be seen with you know, the blonde with the British accent. And then I show up and I'm like, I'd like an Earl Grey tea. And they're like, <laughs> you know, because because it's, it's just, it's everyone's MO that like you go to the bar at four o'clock and you order a drink and you start drinking. And then by 11, like you've lost control of your, you know, some of these people, the states they get into. And again, that wasn't me, but it, I would just wake up the next day and feel dreadful, and and it was really, you know, I, I think back to it now, and I definitely have those moments of cringe, yeah, where I'm like, you know, you do, you don't really remember; it's a little bit blurry. Like, mm. you know, you, you you kind of leave, you get home, you wake up the next day, and what I'm inspired by is, um, you know, raising a daughter and and being a role model and you know, making sure that as she's starting to learn about drugs and alcohol and, um, and sex and everything that's on social media and all the pressures that come with being a teenager, um, that that generation is saying more and more, why do you want to drink? Like, you know, you lose your phone, you fall on your face. You make an absolute tit out of yourself in front of people and you can't remember anything. Like, why would you actually want to do that? So I just hope that, and America is definitely behind the UK, Rory, in terms of like alcohol-free options. Um, I remember going to a conference in Vegas and I walk up and I'm like, do you have any alcohol-free options? And they look at me like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, we we have water and we have soda. Like, that's it. We have Coke. So, you know, and then when I go back to the UK and I see my fam and I'm in the pub and there's like 10 alcohol-free beer options, there's no secco, there's there's all these great choices. So I'm just, I want to educate Molly to understand that, um, you know, uh, it's not, it's a depressant and it's not the best use of time, money, resources, love, life, fun you know, th- there's other ways to find that. And um, I want to just keep pushing that message out. And, and actually, when I, I mentor women in tech, um, you know, one of the things they say to me is, your skin looks amazing and your eyes are so bright and your hair and blah, blah, blah. And I can't believe that you're 50 next year. And it's like, the best thing I did was I removed alcohol from my life. And that just opened up dietary changes you know i'm not getting up in the morning going i need a bacon egg i need a bacon and egg yeah, exactly. sandwich yeah i need a full english to soak it up right i'm not i'm not i'm not there mm-hmm. um and and then i quit caffeine january 1st this year that was like my last it's not
0: easy my... to do i'm on day four. Oh, are you i've done it a bunch yeah. of times before but it just it just crept back in again it's too easy yeah but, um, yeah so day four i've been yawning and yawning and yawning and yawning, <laughs> yawning. that Constantly yawning, but it's, I, I know it's such a good thing to do. Caffeine is just another one. It's so shit for us. Uh,
1: I know, I know. It's another one. Um, but yeah, good luck, mate. <laughs>
0: Thanks. So that leads us beautifully. Like, as you're saying, Joe, um, is that you are a proponent of the work. And I, I think, I think um, you know, what, what we're seeing now and in, in, in our programs, especially Complete Control, is that's what it's all about. It's not about. Yeah. It's, about no, Alcohol. it's about the work. It's about the work. yeah Yeah. so what was the work for you
1: the work for me um is is making sure you're consistent every day small consistent changes um you know how many times have we heard like okay this week i'm gonna stop drinking stop smoking lose weight go to the gym five times you know and then everyone fails right and what i tried to do when i started the work was what are the things that ground me what are the things that bring me back to the reasons why I stopped drinking alcohol? What are the things that, um, you know, make me feel calm? Like all of that stuff. So um, I'm, I've am i got a meditation practice. Um, I try and do 20 minutes twice a day. I usually only get 20 minutes once a day. I'm trying to get to twice a day. Um... I do hot yoga is my thing because after heart surgery, I couldn't go back to endurance sport. Mm-hmm. So I was I was no longer allowed to um, push my body physically um, for, you know, huge periods of time. So hot yoga became my grounding, right? And again, a sense of community. So my yoga studio that I go to um, is... Uh, is a community right we know each other we lift each other up we we sweat together we breathe together we move together and it is like a moving meditation so that was really big for me um but uh you know the the small consistent changes like getting up at the same time every day Monday through Friday um you know James Clear's book Atomic Habits if you haven't read it read it um and you know, not necessarily thinking that what you would have thought as a kid was boring, but like kind of doing the same thing every day, right? And the other thing I've done, Rory, is is I calendar everything, right? And I've listed out my non-negotiables. So now, you know, I I take my daughter to school on a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday morning. Like non-negotiable, right? Because after co before COVID, I didn't do that. And okay, I was still married and now I'm not. So, you know, I had to do, but those are the things like making sure I'm there for school pickup. Like just things to me that I put in my calendar every single day to make sure I can be successful. Um, Seven hours of sleep a night, um, you know, was, um, you know, in terms of diet, like not eating meat is a big thing for me. Not eating dairy is a big thing for me. Um, So that was the work, but actually... The biggest work is realising that the answer is not at the end of a finish line. It's not in the next promotion. It's not in the next pay, pay increase. The answer is right here. You have everything you need inside of you to figure out what work you need to do. And the other thing that I want to encourage everybody is to listen to the whispers because very often there's so much noise in our lives that we don't listen to the whisper and when you sit quietly you can actually reconnect with yourself you can reconnect with your breath and you can start to do the work and it's really not work it's just different to how you've been used to operating which is like you know in a hamster wheel um going at a thousand miles an hour so You know, I got therapy, I came off antidepressants the exact same day that I stopped drinking alcohol, which again, for the first month was like putting my head in a meat grinder. Um, But I wanted to be done and I'm an all or nothing kind of girl. So it was all or nothing for me. Um, But the work is self-care. And so many people still don't understand that term. Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is... Please put on your own oxygen mask before helping others. And when you put on the oxygen mask and you start to breathe, you can show up as the best version of yourself and you can help so many more people because all of a sudden you have gratitude and you want to be able to share that and you have integrity and you can show up and do what you said you were going to because you're not hungover. You know, and, and it's things like that, that then as that starts to build, you start to say, wow, this feels great. And when you put positivity out to the world, you get positivity back. Tough. And there was a there was a point in my um in my relationship that I really want to share. So um, I've been uh, dating my boyfriend for coming up. It'll be three years this summer. And he is my biggest cheerleader for my sobriety. Um, and he really helps me show up as the best version of me. And it was early days of our relationship and we were doing something and, you know, we were goofing around, we were outside, the sun was shining. We were like in nature, like in the trees. I feel like we were hiking or running. I think we were hiking and we'd just done like a really big hill. And i was like, oh my God, this feeling. And he's like, yes it's happiness and it's really it was really interesting because having done like you know heart surgery and then divorce like there'd been a ton of heavy shit and it was kind of like that childlike feeling is accessible when you do the work and I feel like as we get older and there's more and more pressure we all want to feel like a kid again We all want to feel free, at peace, less worried, less neurotic, right? We all want to feel those things. And um, that's what the work's meant for me.
0: Amazing, 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 amazing. Let's pause just for a brief moment. I just want to share with you some of the heartfelt feedback from our incredible Complete Control community members. Listen to this.
3: I I don't know how I signed up. I think I just got an ad on Instagram and just got a whim, just hit the button and did a call and then signed up and didn't really consciously think much about it. And then after that, I was like, what did I just sign up for? Wait a second here. Like far exceeded my expectations. I'm usually extremely skeptical. So I don't know how I even signed up in the first place, but whatever it was. Um, So it's just amazing how like the transformation that I've seen and even the drinking part is just kind of the super, it was the Achilles heel, but it's kind of just the superficial problem. And it's like, once I kind of clear that up, there's so much more possibility. And, and, you know, the exploration discussions with Gary, with Candice have just been so powerful and kind of, they both kind of focus on a different area. And then with Glenn, kind of looking at my data and with my cohorts or classmates, or, you know, it's just been just, everything has just been so powerful and kind of supportive of you know, completing the whole picture of how I do this. Um, so just really grateful and, and, uh, yeah. And, and, and also just feel more grateful and not only just for all of you, but just, just in life in general, it's just a little bit more clarity and peace and calm and, and, and so forth. So
2: I am incredibly grateful for this entire program, everybody on this call and everything that we were able to experience. Um, I think that it delivered more than I expected. Honestly, I, I, like I've said before, I've done a couple of like challenges and different things. And I think that this beyond um, examining my relationship with alcohol and making, I think pretty good strides in, in um, staying alcohol free. Um, I think it taught me a ton about myself and how to like examine my habits and my thoughts and those kind of, um patterns and ways to ways to approach the things that worried me the most in this in this experience um have just been invaluable i think i'm leaving feeling um in stronger in general more self aware in general and um just really more anchored in who i want to be and what my values are and how i can you know, take better steps to achieve those. So it's been fantastic for me. And again, the our team, I, I really um, appreciate all the feedback and support from every single person on this call, but my cohort as well. It's been great. So I love everybody that I've met here. I have loved the program. I am not uh, an emotional person like this but this has changed my life it, it, it has given me a life um and there's other things i need to do too um but i don't have to do them alcohol anymore so thank you it's been an amazing journey and a very i appreciate the professionalism whenever i feel the stress I, there's there's something that i can go back to, to everybody and the sharing from everybody and the professionalism of the program so i loved it and i've grown a lot so one word is transformational that's a word that's been bandied about for decades but in this it is absolutely accurate if i was to use one word this was a great investment it's not it's not self-help it's self-realization it's um Super powerful, but it, it exceeded my expectations. Or maybe it was Sharon who said that, um, uh, or maybe I'm exceeding my
0: expectations and I like that. I mean, the program has been hugely, I'm hugely grateful for the program. I think the journey of for myself has been amazing. I mean, I remember telling, I don't know if it was Candace or Gary, the first three or four weeks of the program, I was like, I can't stop thinking about not drinking. It's just, it's in my head. I'm ha- Every day I'm thinking about not drinking. And it's, it's like now I'm not even thinking about it. You know, it's just like my life has sort of stepped on. I'm excited about the future. Um, things are looking good. Things are looking good. I just love sharing the things people are saying about our Complete Control program. Okay, let's get back into the episode. I also want to give you some more kudos because I think you've, yes, you've highlighted how much work you did there. I love the way you went, and I got a therapist, and that's probably one of, in my opinion, that's probably one of the biggest, um, yeah, and of 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 the work that you've done that has shifted you. So if I look at our program, complete control, um, which we put together to help business owners and execs understand the reasons why alcohol is showing up, it is, and to change them, and um, if we touch on some of the things, which I'm just going to rattle through. And then I'm going to link them back to your story. So as a sure. core example, right, we remotely monitor people to see their central nervous system. We show how stress is showing up. Now, you've transformed your relationship with stress. You've removed it, a lot of it. You've introduced yoga, meditation, better routines, all of those kind of things like that, right? Um, and also, you've shifted the, the the part into the business. So a big part of people and you actually mentioned this in the in in the text you sent me is about barking up the wrong tree or realizing that you're you're potentially in the right direction right meaning and purpose that mm. is a major driver of of compulsive behavior for people um, yeah. and, and so you changing and shifting that um to a better lifestyle that suits you with your non-negotiables right is a really core element to you being in in the place you are um, right. You mentioned about divorce, and I'm going to pause and then let you comment on what I've just said because I know I'm waffling a lot, but or not I'm talking a lot here. But you mentioned about divorce. You know, you spoke previously about how your your um, husband was a big drinker and, and and was a proponent of that drinking culture. I'd be interested to touch that because relationships is a major thing that we touch on again. Like if mm-hmm. relationships, if core relationships are bent out of shape then you're going to want to numb out. You're going to want to eat cake sure. or drink alcohol. It's just how it goes. But you've been brave enough to make that transition. And I think there's probably a lot of women out there who feel like they should make that. So why don't you tell us about how you came to that place, what made you make that decision, and where you are? Big one.
1: So. Um, no, it's okay. Um, it's it's just heavy stuff. and And I'll start by saying it would have been a lot easier to stay married right like it's it it's not easy um totally and one of the things for me i think was you know i i came over to the states um and i got married and my my husband you know his father was an alcoholic like there was just a lot of alcohol was normalized let's say that um and it wasn't a problem initially um but i was three and a half thousand miles away from my family and my culture and my home And he, um, has a very big family that kind of would make me feel pretty smothered at times. Like it was overwhelming. And to your point, like then, you know, we're sitting on the beach and it's beers on the beach and then it's cocktail hour. And then it's, you know, and then it goes on until late in the night. Um, and then you wake up the next morning and you feel dreadful and then you do it again. Right. And, um, After uh, my daughter was born, I already like probably two or three years after that, I started to get the sense of we're in trouble and we lost the ability to communicate. And I think, again, that was hampered by alcohol in the sense that we were in a permanent state of depression or inflammation of some description. And I think this is one of the things that people just don't
0: realize. They don't realize.
1: They do not realize the continued effect of alcohol. Even if you're, oh, I only go on a bender on a Friday and a Saturday. It doesn't matter. Or like just have a drink a day. Or I just have a drink a day. Just like, on that one. Just on the one yeah.
0: is that we use a device that shows people just how harmful it is. Like it is, it's like giving yourself the flu, the flu and your your immune system is working so hard. Your central nervous system is completely bent out of shape. Yeah. Ruining your sleep you know, yeah. your your is oh. now solely fighting a disease um, right. instead of processing weight loss or improving cells or in- increasing neuroplasticity all of those things yeah. so yeah. yeah we show people okay. that in the data
1: and it's and it's crazy right so th- so i've done a lot of work on um like cleansing the liver the liver is the biggest fat burning organ in in the body and it regulates everything right cellular level hormones endocrine system blah 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 and and again, like if you'd have said this to me five years ago, I'd be like, what? Huh? Yeah. Like <laughs> well, you know, fine. Right? Yeah, it's fine. It's another one. fine. I
0: we used to say, oh, you can always get another one these days, right?
1: You can always get another one. I know it's terrible. Again, it's terrible. Like we're so disposable. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Um But for me, like we struggled. We really struggled on the marriage. And and I couldn't, I couldn't accept. So there's a couple of things, actually. I couldn't accept that m- the rest of my life was going to be this emotion of I'm, I'm unhappy, mm. right? And I'm having to use alcohol subconsciously or not to numb my feelings away. Yeah. And I also couldn't accept because I wasn't, again, this was where I had the challenge. I was successful, right i was successful in business i was successful as a public speaker i mentored people i had a beautiful baby girl you know there was all these things that like you know you tick the boxes on and i i was successful in my career and i worked out a lot you know i was in good shape like all of those things that are that are indicators that you're everything's fine smash exactly yeah I, oh yeah i'm smashing it um but actually the one thing that I would talk about with my therapist was the one thing that like the most important thing was my marriage and I'd failed at it. And it was the relearning for me of using that language to say, you haven't failed at it, right? This is just um, people grow, go in different directions. People are different. You know, people realize that, you know, maybe it wasn't the right relationship for them. And it took a long time. It took me a long time to come to terms with the fact that I was going to end up getting a divorce. And it was painful. Molly was, you know, nine years old, and we had to sit her down and say that mommy and daddy are going to live in separate houses and are are not going to be married anymore. And it was, um, you know, kids are more resilient than adults, and it it was probably harder for us in that moment um than it was for her and you know since then it you realize just how selfish you've been in some of the choices that you've made and you know you have that short fuse where you get mad and you blame everybody else and actually it's not anybody else's fault it's yours yeah and it's not that we're here to say you know it's your fault that it failed um it's just the acceptance that this relationship wasn't the right one for us and that we can be happy with somebody else and we can be happy in a different scenario. And actually we can be great friends and be fantastic co-parents. And, and, and actually when when we finally got divorced, um, I sat at the same table as, uh, as my ex-husband in the courtroom. And, you know, this is America, right? So there is an armed police officer in the courtroom and the judge comes in and she's like, why are you sitting at the same table? And it's like, well, I this is the father of my child. I have to talk to this person every single day for the probably, you know, like the, the rest of our lives. Like, you know, this is about being amicable and doing the right thing. And actually, the big thing for me is teaching my daughter, like, you know, when it's birthdays or whatever, like you celebrate that person because it's the right thing to do. And you come from a place of forgiveness in a relationship that didn't work and you get forgiveness back. So, it was yes, it was hard. Um, should I have done it sooner? Yes. Yeah. As I say, sit and listen to the whispers inside you. Female intuition is a superpower. Don't ignore it. She's always right. Yeah. And, you know, sit and listen to that and then have the strength to go to go do it and having the strength came from yoga and and all the things that I'd started to implement um and yeah scary as hell
0: but well done
1: coming out the other side a bajillion percent worth it and now I'm in a relationship that brings me like I will start crying I'm in a relationship that I never thought I would be in and it brings me it makes me the happiest I've ever been in my life
0: that's so amazing well done to you like having the bravery and the and the and the and the insight to do that this is what we help people with, um, because as I mentioned, so many people are are in relationships. This is, doesn't mean that we're encouraging people to get divorced. No, uh, nine but... times out of ten, we're encouraging people to stay together. Um, yeah, uh, because but we help them get right into the core of it. We help them understand you. Know, you because... can't see the wood for the trees, and you working with your therapist and trying to pull these things together to get to well, what is that? What is what is the truth? You know, because yeah, often relationships are just so embroiled in tit-for-tat and stuff and duty and all of the nonsense and for a separate podcast we do have to question the whole system I think um, we do um, going forward I think I think the system is broken and um, right we'll get on to that <laughs> yeah that's
1: a story for another day totally another day, another day. yeah
0: um so joe um um what 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 does what does the future uh hold for you what are you yeah what are you up to
1: um So obviously sold the company last February, March um, and completed the integration December. So one of the things I did was I, thank you. um, I took three months off.
0: Um, (laughs) Well, that's a start. (laughs) So
1: um, encourage everyone, if you've gone through a major life uh, situation, take some time, take some time. And I said, I actually said that I used the phrase Rory, I'm in recovery. I'm in recovery from running a company and selling it for the last 10 years. Yeah. Um, and, and what's next for me is I want to share, right? I want to give back. Um, I want to help others become the best version of themselves, whether I'm mentoring them, whether I'm a board member and I'm coaching, um, helping other CEOs be successful, you know, my number one priority is my daughter. I want to help and support her to be successful. I want to be the best role model I can possibly be for her, no matter what. Um, and, you know, I just want to continue in this fabulous relationship that that I'm in. Um, and if doubt ever creeps in, you know, I, I also want to say to people, don't think I'm like... Um, Oh, that's it. I'm done. Right. We're all a work in progress. I'm continuing to learn every day. I look at my one year no beer Facebook group every single day. Right. I'm still like Sharon, Drew, Annie, Colin, Matty, Charlotte, Lynn's, H, like there's still my crew who, you know, we check in with each other and we're like, oh my God, like legends. Um and you know, I, I just want to keep. I I, I just want to keep sharing my story. Actually, Rory, somebody said to me the other day, you need to write a book. Um. So, so who knows? Um.
0: Well, please don't write it because. Um, um, the, uh, no, no, I don't mean like that. I just mean that now we have these wonderful tools. Like you can optimize that experience down now to be like a few vocals and it's written for you. No, I'm kidding. You go and write the book. <laughs>
1: go and write the book. Go go and write the book. I just I just feel like. Um, We're blessed every day we wake up on this amazing planet. Don't waste it in a blur of drink or drugs. Um, You know, join a community uh, full of amazing humans who will support you no matter what. I mean, one of the things that, you know, One Year No Beer has been so amazing at is the zero judgment, right? We have people coming back that have done 60 day ones that need a hand on their back, they need help. They need light bringers, and I'm a light bringer. And what am I doing next? You know, we'll see. Um, the light. I'm bringing the light, mate. I'm <laughs> I'm I'm trying to undo, you know, some of society's need to um, to push us all to drink. Um, and you know, obviously, I wouldn't be here without you. Um, I'm eternally grateful and humbled for the support of my journey. Um, and I always say, life on the other side is full of colour. And it's it's strange when you hear me say that, like you're like, what do you mean? And it's like, I felt like so much of my earlier life was like, you know, when you move in a photo quickly and it's blurred and it's just black. And I feel like, you know, there's we we go through life so um almost like we're just not present right we're busy it's noisy it's overload whatever it is and i just urge everybody like just to take those moments um because when you say live life in color when you actually give up alcohol and you show up every day as the best version of yourself like you see these pictures behind me like life is bright colors and That's what I want to bring to everybody else, right? I want to, I'll never go back and I I look forward to living my life in full colour. But I will continue to say to everybody, the work never stops, right? Even though I say like in this moment, I'll never go back, but I, you know, you never know what's in front of you. So it's about how do I always have the tools that I need um, to to be successful and when i say successful i no longer mean um get the job or get the pay rise or get the promotion or sell the company or do an iron man or any of that crazy shit when i say be successful i mean have that feeling every day that your heart is full and that you're showing up and being the best role model and the best person that you can be
0: love that (laughs) (laughs) mic drop (laughs) exit everyone that's it that's a wrap (laughs) we got it amazing joe thank you so much for joining us on the podcast and can't wait to see what you get out there in the world to create next um how do people find out more about you
1: um linkedin instagram is oh now you're asking joe underscore rosefire i think um joe croft
0: in the show notes
1: yeah, yeah, Joe Croft uh, on Facebook, um, and and people can find me on on LinkedIn. Um, you're in but the community. Uh, so, I'm in the community. It's,
0: it's Joe Croft inside yeah. challenges.
1: Yeah, inside challenges, and um, yeah, what a journey it has been, truly. Uh, thank you. So
0: you're a warrior, so thank you and thank you. Get out, you know, that's the thing we can do just now is just keep spreading the word, keep inspiring yeah. people, and leading from the front, leading by example. Um, and just show people another way. So, kudos to you.
1: Thank you. I'm here for it. Cheers, mate.
0: Thanks for coming on the show. Of
2: course.